Welcome to the Ultimate Dentist Podcast. Join us to hear success stories of various individuals and learn clinical and life hacks to help you become the ultimate dentist. Hi everyone. So in today's episode, we are going to discuss about some frequently asked questions and um one of the questions or few questions asked by one of my group member from full mouth reconstruction for gdps and his questions is really related to my episode 11 where i discussed about the assessment process and he's asked me some questions regarding initial assessment and comprehensive assessment so let's uh, go through those questions uh, so question number 1 is how long does the initial assessment take so when i am doing an initial initial assessment um for me uh, the patient's booked in for an hour long assessment where i would build a rapport um for have a chat with patient for around 15 minutes i'll look through patient's mouth for let's say another 10 15 minutes uh take radiographs and assess and then for remaining half an hour we will discuss potential options remember at this appointment i'm not planning to give patient 100% accurate treatment planning unless it's very simple straightforward treatment i always need to call them back again for comprehensive assessment but what i am trying to do is give them some idea as to where uh, what is my what are my thought processes um what do they need and um roughly how much it will be because i want to give patients some idea as to what ballpark figure is and i usually give them big range you know maybe if it's a adhesive full mouth reconstruction then i would say anything between 8 and 15000 pounds something like that so it's a big range but at least patient understands that it's not going to be 2000 pounds or it's not going to be 30000 pounds so you know you need to give them some range but before you do that you need to build a rapport discuss with patient all the all the re- relative uh, information and tell them why you are going to charge them what in treatment will be included um so you need you can't just tell patient that it it will be probably 8 to 15000 pounds do you want to have a comprehensive assessment you need to show patient photographs so i would when patient comes in um as it all do 15 minutes um report building then i will um take photographs assessment and then i'll sit down and discuss with patient about the photographs um one of the practice i have a ct scan as well so if i need a ct scan for implant because it's an implant and restorative full mouth reconstruction case then i would take the implant and show patient the the implant report as well of course at this point i have not done complete assessment uh, full mouth uh, comprehensive assessment and i'll make patient aware of that uh, that look i need to do further assessment before i can give you uh, a proper estimate but patient gets an idea as to where i am heading now this is my routine for since last 4 years however before that when i was doing uh, general dentistry patient would come in for a 20 my checkups used to be 25 minutes checkups uh, even under national health system so i used to see patients for around 25 minutes 
And if it's a small treatment, patient wants a national health uh, treatment, and then I would do it there and then because I had enough time. Um, but it also makes patient feel that you are taking time in doing treatment. Or even if it's NHS, you're taking time to discuss the, the options and everything. So usually during that time, I would have 25 minutes checkup time where I will do the same thing. I will build rapport. I will take some photographs. I will uh, look in patient's mouth and then really go through with patient what's going on. Even if there is nothing going on, I will tell patient that there is nothing going on. You know, negative um, finding is also good to share with patient because, you know, you don't want to give them all the bad news. You need to tell them what's going on good as well. So, you know, if, if I look at patient's mouth, they don't need any treatment. I'll still take photographs and I'll tell them, look, your teeth are really good. Nothing needs to be done. Um, or maybe these things we need to observe. So that's in a nutshell. And then once patient is happy with the first appointment and wants to uh, want to know what are the other options or what can be done in future, then I'll call patient in again for a comprehensive assessment. So I hope you are, I've, I've answered your question. Uh, question number two is what exactly do you do during the initial assessment? Um, again, I've covered that um, just now that in initial assessment, I would build rapport, um, take photographs, take radiographs, do assessment, uh, full mouth, tooth by tooth assessment. So I know that, um, you know, what, what the general overall condition is. I don't tend to do very complete, comprehensive occlusal assessment. I just want to get overall picture, you know, periodontal condition, caries, things like that. Um, the question number three is, is there a difference, different initial assessment for FMR patients than for normal patients who just need three to four teeth treated? Um, initial assessment is same for all the patients, whether it's full mouth reconstruction or single simple tooth restorations. Um, by nature of what I do right now, I, I would see patient who needs more comprehensive treatment or implants. Uh, so my my sort of assessment practice is the same. Um, but even again, as I said, four years ago when I was doing general dentistry, um, I would still do the same thing. Build rapport. Maybe it will take a little bit less time because you have 25 minutes. It's not enough to spend 15 time in building rapport and then no examination. So you need to figure out your routine. Photographs I used to take when my nurse used to go for x-ray development. So, you know, I would take it myself. And that's why I give patient retractors. They retract the cheeks. I take the photographs. I hold the mirror and take the photographs. So, um... So yes, initial assessment process is the same for full mouth reconstruction patient and if patient needs three to four teeth treated. Now, the next question is related. Next questions, next seven questions are related to comprehensive assessment. So question number one is, how long do you book comprehensive assessment for? Is the time or price standard, is the time and price standard or is it case difficulty dependent um so i again uh, book my comprehensive assessment for maybe an hour hour and 10 minutes approximately um and in that appointment 
I would um, obviously do a comprehensive occlusal assessment, but only that I would take upper lower impressions, Facebook record, and I will take um, CR records as well. My price for that, it's it's standard. Um, so I charge the same price. Um, it's not case difficult dependent because, you know, even if it's difficult case, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the same thing. Now, for some reason during the assessment, I find that the load testing is um, painful or I can't manipulate patient's jaw. Then we sit down and we discuss that, look, it's pretty bad. We need to give you some interim appliance such as Michigan Splint um, or Coys programmer or something, some sort of a deprogrammer for them to relax before I move ahead with the treatment. And of course, they pay for that deprogrammer. But until unless I do further assessment, it's difficult to um, tell them from the outset. So that's the that's that's how I do it. Now, question number two is: How do you communicate it with the patient that a more comprehensive assessment is needed, so that they don't think in a comma, oh, this dentist is trying to take my money with an extra assessment? Why can't he tell me right now what he thinks? So again, going back to my answer for the uh, initial assessment that I do give patient an idea um, as to what treatment may involve, Um, I would take photographs and I show it to patient. Taking photographs and showing it to patient is the key. And not only patient's own photographs, you need to take photographs of your previous case uh, where you have documented nicely, where you've seen the patient, you've done the articulation, you've done the wax up, you've done the mock up. So you can tell patient that, look, without we can only look in your mouth um, without being um, blocked by cheeks or, you know, when you close, you can't see the teeth inside. But when we pull the model and mount the model, we can see really teeth from 360 degree. So it will give us more assessment, more information. Also, it's very difficult to just look in your mouth and, and, and decide what the plan is going to be. So I need to really, I tell patient that I'm going to uh, use, um, take measurements and mount your models on a jaw simulator, which is an articulator basically, um, to assess how your jaw moves and how we are going to plan the treatment. Um, yes, with the ad- advent of the digital dentistry, you know, you can take the scanning and then do a small design. Um, in my case at the moment, I am doing more still analog uh, mounting and and um, and uh, doing wax up and a mock up. Because until it's in patient's mouth, it's very difficult for patient to understand and give you a proper consent. So even if patient has said yes to the wax up, I would still do a mock-up because without mock-up, um, patient wouldn't know exactly how the restoration will feel. So um, so an- to answer your question, I'll see, see, show them lots of photos before cases, uh, the process of the case, so then they know exactly what mount- mounting involves and why you are doing it. Explanation is the key. So whenever you're doing any treatment, um, if you explain it to patient properly before you're doing anything, then it's a, it's a consent. 
But you start then explaining it to patient after you've done the treatment, then it becomes an excuse. So I always tell everyone that please communicate with patient, make sure they're on your side. And this is the same scenario happens. You know, I see cases, um, colleagues coming to discuss with me where they are like, oh, they, you know, this tooth has a really deep amalgam. I'm worried that if I remove the amalgam, tooth will go in, may need a root canal treatment, uh, but the tooth needs cuspal coverage. What should I do? And I tell them the same thing. Just have a chat with patient. We are very bad at discussing our concern with patient. Of course, I'm generalizing. I'm sure everyone is are good. And, you know, I'm talking probably from my, from my point of view um, that I was bad when I was, you know, um, training, um, discussing concerns with my patient. Now I'm very upfront from, from the outset that, look, my concern is that you will have beautiful teeth, but, you know, this plaque will then accumulate around those new teeth and then we will be in the same situation. So until and unless we know that you can maintain uh, good oral hygiene, there is no point in working on the building. We need to work on the foundation first. Um, and, you know, once you explain it to patient, patient understands. Similar to the same thing with the, with the discussion with the case where you, are, you have a deep amalgam, you need to discuss with patient that, you know, it has a deep amalgam. There is a high chance that, you know, you may need a root canal treatment uh, if, if a nerve becomes um, irritated. Uh, and if right, I understand that right now there is no pain in the tooth. But what we are doing by removing of the filling, we are changing the environment of the tooth. And maybe that's why you may get um, pain and you may need a root canal treatment. Alternatively, if you don't do anything, the tooth may fracture catastrophically. And I'm assuming that's the reason you want to treat it. Um, and you may end up losing the tooth. Um, so, you know, you need to sh share patient with patient both sides of this um, aspects. And in my experience, when patient has large amalgam for a long time and there is no secondary caries, you're worried about the breakage of the cusp because some cusps, cusps is chipping and there is not in, enough tooth, tooth left. And if you do only in that treatment, whereas you remove all the filling, composite uh, base, and then put an only on top, those tooth hardly need root canal treatment. I mean, I've treated, I've done thousands of onlays, and um, I would say maybe, maybe four teeth became pulpatic over the last 10 years. So, um, you know, onlays are, you know, very minimally invasive, and you can treat a lot of teeth, um, and you can prevent um, potential nerve involvement. So I hope I answered, answered your question. Now, question number three is, do you take your impressions, scans, photos, face or ETC during the comprehensive assessment or is there a separate appointment for these records? So again, as I discussed that my comprehensive assessment, photos taken in initial assessment, that is, there is no uh, excuse not to take photographs of each and every patient. All of my patient gets photographs even when I was working under national health, um, all patients uh, will have photographs or I shall I say most of them, but, you know, high percentage of them um, will have photographs. So I can explain it to them what's going on. 
um, especially when you're in NHS, because you have a you have a discussion to be made about different pro- procedures, and if you are offering patient any private treatment, you need to show patient what what were your before and after treatment. Um, sort of um, outcome and why you're offering the private treatment if you're offering and what is the difference between national health and private treatment um, so that patient feels more comfortable um, I so I, I do take um, my comprehensive assessment do involve mounting model because without mounting models it's very difficult to completely and pl- treatment plan in my opinion um, you can, I mean, I can plan 99.9% of the treatment most of the time because once you know the system, once the system are created, it's so bulletproof that, you know, you can plan with your eyes closed. Um, but yes, there will be that 1% which you need to mount the models and assess. And you don't want to be arrogant and too overconfident that you're just telling patient without proper due diligence. So... You know, I tell patient, give them some rough idea. Most of the time I am, you know, I don't know, probably 5% with, within the range of 5% of my initial estimate. Um, and many times I give them a range, but I tell them probably this will be the plan, if that makes sense. Um, the question number four is, do you announce the treatment plan to the patient the day of the comprehensive assessment or do you take extra time to look at all the information records you gather and announce the treatment plan at a later appointment? Um, so it's a good question. Uh, my comprehensive assessment includes two appointments. So the payment I take is for two appointments. First appointment is really a data gathering appointment where I will gather all the data. So scans, impressions, Facebook, CR records, um, if I haven't taken extra oral photos and I'll take extra oral photos, smile photos and all that. Um, and I will, um, mount the models, assess everything and then call patient back again to discuss the treatment plan. So when patient come for comprehensive assessment, both appointment gets booked up. Um, and, and so that's how, that's how I work. Um, so there's always two appointments because if you're doing comprehensive assessment, taking impression, doing Facebook, I mean, you can't give patient a treatment plan until you assessed it. Otherwise you would have done it in initial assessment. You know, So it doesn't make sense. The question number five is, do you ask the budget of the patient beforehand so that you don't waste your time planning the perfect ex- expensive treatment? If yes, how do you ask for someone's budget without sounding strange? So I I don't ask patient for budget in the in the beginning of the treatment. I would always assume that patient is capable of paying for the treatment just so that I don't feel biased or I don't I don't want to judge any patient. I don't just because I think that patient might not be able to afford it, or even patients think that they might not be able to afford it, you shouldn't not tell them the, the, the ideal option. So for me, even if patient, sometimes patient would come and tell me before I haven't started, because, you know, it's playing in their mind that, look, I have budget of 2,000 pounds. 
And I would acknowledge that, acknowledge that. I will tell patient, yeah, no, thank you for telling me. And I tell them that, look, I need what I'm going to do is I'm going to do full mouth assessment. I'm going to assess all your teeth and I will propose some treatment plans. My first plan will be my ideal treatment plan. Now, it may not be within your budget, but you need to, it's, it's, it's my duty to tell you exactly what is the best treatment for you. Now, I will do everything I can to work out the option which fits within your budget but at least you know what is the ideal option and and that's exactly why you want to give patient an ideal option because if you're trying to make a treatment plan which fits within patient's budget but patient's not aware of it that there is another option available then uh, they might think that you've given them the best treatment whereas you might have compromised to fit into patient's budget so you need to let the patient know that this is an ideal option but we are doing this because your budget is this and you'll this will fit into budget so patient knows what compromises they are making so it's very important to always always give patient an ideal treatment plan first so then they know what's ideal with regards to the second question which was uh, how do you ask someone for budget uh, exactly like that. So I I ask patient that look. Um, uh, first I propose. So I don't ask patient for a budget in the beginning. Um, I propose the ideal treatment plan, and if patients like, oh, this is too much, then I would ask them, okay, so do you have any budget in mind? Um, and at that point, because patient already said this is too much, you can ask patient that you know, tell me then what is it. What amount is not too much for you? And if patient comes back and says, oh, it's £1,000 and I offer patient £15,000 treatment, then I tell patient that, look, this is not possible to do in £1,000. Nothing's possible. And I wouldn't want you to do small treatment because full mouth reconstruction doesn't work like that. You need to almost have at least one arch done at the minimum when you raise OVD. So, um, you know, you need to be able to explain it to patient. The... Question number six is, do you mount the FMR cases on the articulator yourself? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Um, I mount all my uh, models of my cases uh, for adhesive direct reconstructions. If I'm planning to do anterior adhesive direct reconstruction, at least, or full mouth uh, direct reconstruction, then I would mount it myself and I would do wax up, my, wax up also by myself. Um, the other question is, if you do mount my, if I do mount myself, then do I charge anything extra for the time that you need to mount models? Um, I don't charge patient an extra charge uh, for my mounting. I would just charge patient my charges, basically. Uh, mounting is included in my uh, assessment fees, basically, or actually mounting is included in my wax up fees. Um, and that's something i've included now if you haven't if you haven't uh, listened to it then please listen to my uh, podcast on f uh, setting fees for fmr cases and i'll explain more how i set fees but um yeah so i don't charge anything extra it's included in the treatment planning in the vaxa fees um the other question is do you do the mounting during the normal operating hours or do you stay longer after the day is over to mount the models um look i i stayed i mean i always i mean i'm the first one in and last one out in any practice i go and i work in different practices 
because I would like to be early and I work late um, because I don't want to get stuck in traffic going back home. So, um, you know, works for me. And also I'm in, not in one practice every single day. So when I am in the practice, I'm trying to make most of it. But if you feel that um, you are staying behind and you're not getting remunerated for it, then um, then you can you can possibly charge patient more or charge your employer as a lab fees, right? Because if you're doing it mounting yourself, you're saving lab fees. And um, someone suggested to me that we sh- if we are doing the lab work, then we should be charging employer whatever the lab would have charged. Although your timings are, you know, time would be more and you would save time by doing max up yourself or mock, um, mounting yourself. Um, I don't do that because I mount my cases most of the time between patients during clinical hours because it doesn't take too long for me to mount and it will take me, I don't know, five minutes to mount one model, uh, upper arch and five for lower. So, um, you know, I can I can have five minutes between two patients and I can mount it. So uh, it doesn't take me any extra times. And the last question is, do you charge for redos of wax up or mock up? Again, I am um, very kind to my patients, so I don't really charge patients for um, redos of the wax up or mock up because ultimately, um, you know, you need to have a communication with the patient. You need to have a gathered all the data so that you have uh, understood what patient wants and give them the first uh, wax up, which is nearly there. It might not be 100% there, and you can do intraoral adjustment, and you can take the impression of that for your indices, uh, for your buildups. So you don't need, even if you changed a little bit in the mouth, you don't always need to redo the wax up. Um, but no, I don't charge patients for redo the wax up. Um, and to be honest, if you have set the parameters, if you look at the smile line, you know, um, uh, at rest or at smile, you look at the show of the teeth and you gather all the information and, you know, done the wax up, then there's no reason why it would be drastically off uh, than what you decided. So I hope uh, you found this question and answer session useful. If you do have any questions, please feel free to contact me via my Facebook group, Full Mouth Reconstruction for GDPs, and ask me questions there. And I will cover that into our next uh, question and answer podcast. Looking forward to seeing you in the next podcast.